Jesus. Wave both hands. All right, before you're seated, give someone a high five and tell them, I love Jesus. How many love our worship team? Aren't they just a blessing to us? I, I am so blessed by our worship team. And we have such an amazing worship team. And, uh, you know, we have, we have so many people that serve on the worship team. It's one of our biggest ministries, actually. And so it's such a blessing to see so many anointed and talented people. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the 15 people that hand clapped that. Can we give our worship team a hand? Come on. I want, we are calling Sunday nights, taking back Sunday nights. And tonight, if you need a fresh anointing, especially for this new year, especially for maybe some situations you're facing. After the service, I'm going to take time tonight and pray for everyone that wants a fresh anointing. How many know, I mean, if you let, uh, AJ, where's the anointing oil? If you don't use anointing oil, it can start to stink. That's why sometimes you need a fresh anointing. And so we're going we're gonna to break out the oil tonight. And if you need a fresh anointing, we believe that your life is going to be touched by the Lord in a very special way tonight. So get out tonight. And I know next weekend is our more service. You can just leave it here. Our more service from Saturday night. You're not going to want to miss that. It's just an amazing time. And uh, at the end of the month, how many people are, are members of our church? Raise your hand if you're a member. You've been through growth track. How many love Growth Track? Isn't it awesome? Growth Track actually is going to happen upstairs today in the uh, upper classroom, what we call the conference room. And uh, But February 26th at 6 p.m., it's a Saturday night. Tell your neighbor, say Saturday. Saturday. We're going to have a little appreciation time. We're going to, This is what we call our annual vision meeting, but we're also going to celebrate, and we're also going to have a little time of, we're going to party. Come on, somebody. God has done some amazing things this year through our church. And I am blessed beyond measure. You know, we have raised from this church this year almost a half a million dollars for missions. And that's a lot of money. God has blessed us. Amen? Amen. And I know next Sunday and next Wednesday, uh, next Sunday and next Wednesday, we're going to, we're dreaming about our next crusade. And so we're going to have a crusade uh, informational meeting, which you don't want to miss. Tell your neighbor, say, you're going on this crusade. Tell your neighbor, say, you need to get your passport. Say, if you don't have it, you need to get it. Come on. All right. How many love Jesus? How many love Jesus? 
God is faithful. I just got to say this before I uh, start my message and preach today, because I do feel like preaching. Uh, man, do I have a message burning in my spirit. And I just got to say this, though. I've always respected uh, veterans that have served our country. How many want to give all the veterans a big... Veterans are now tied with my second favorite group in the world. Moms. We, we have two little boys sick at home, and my wife is amazing. I, I've, I've, yeah. Veterans and mothers are very similar, I figured out. They both go to war. Come on, somebody. There, there is a war when you begin to raise children. Can I get a loud amen? I saw things come out of these children that can really mess you up. Come on, somebody. The one, I, I, I'm not going to be too graphic. The one was having diarrhea, and the other child saw it. And when the, that child saw the diarrhea... Because it went out of the diaper. I mean, it was like, it was an explosion of diarrhea. The other one threw up when it saw the diarrhea. I'm standing there. Natalie's like, help. I'm frozen. I don't know what to do. I'm panicking. I, 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 I'm like, she's like, you got to do something. I didn't know what to do. I just started to pray. I said, Lord... Give Natalie strength right now to do what she's got to do. Come on. The battle is real. Come on. Praise God. So Natalie's not here today, and they're on the men, but to everybody, say hi to Pastor Natalie online. Say hi, Pastor Natalie. We have been talking about not walking in fear, but walking in faith. And I think more than ever, we need to preach about faith. We need to preach about overcoming. We need to preach about not living in fear because everywhere you look, you'll see fear. We live in a world full of fear and it has amplified over time. And we have people growing up so accustomed to fear. People are afraid of everything. But how I many know God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind? I'm going to give you my title, and then I'm going to go to 1 John chapter 5, and it says, my title is Fire in His Eyes. That's the Jesus we serve. He has fire in his eyes. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 says this whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him verse 2 says by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Let me just say that again. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. 
And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Give me a loud amen. amen. Everybody lift your hand. Lord, I pray that people leave here different than the way they came in. I pray that I decrease and you increase. And I pray, Lord, that people begin to walk in victory. That they begin to overcome those things that have been holding them back. That they become overcomers. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to preach on becoming an overcomer. I want you to understand that as children of God, we have a birthright. We have an inheritance. We have things that are promised to us. The day you got saved, there are promises that apply to your life. The day you said yes to Jesus, you have an inheritance in Christ Jesus. The moment you said, Jesus, I make you Lord and Savior of my life, there are legal rights you have. You have, you have power from another world. You can overcome this world. But what I have noticed doing this for a little bit, there are people that are saved, but they never overcome. There are people that give their life to Jesus, but the enemy beats them down. There's people that have surrendered to Jesus, but they can't overcome their sinful nature. And so they constantly spin their wheels, go around in a circle, and they never have the victory that's promised through Christ Jesus. There's so many Christians that are bound, not free. I'm going to keep it real here for a second. There's so many that are bound and never free. They come in on Sunday and worship Jesus, but the rest of the week, they're bound and afflicted and tormented by demonic entities. But I hear, I'm coming with a message today that if you want to be free, if you want freedom, if you want liberty, if you want victory, Jesus has it for you. In the same Jesus, the same Jesus that rose from the grave can give you the victory you need. See, Revelation 2 verse 7 says this. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. I just want to read a few of these, and I'm just making one little point. Revelation 2:17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, let me just read another one. Revelation 2:26. And he who overcomes, Revelation 3, 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garment. I'm going to read a few more. Revelation 3, verse 12. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Revelation 3, 21. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. First John says, if you're born of God, you've already overcome the world, period. Revelation 
John says in Revelation, to him who overcomes. So there's a difference. There's a difference. There's some people that won't overcome. That's what he's saying. But we have a legal right. We're born to be overcomers. Let me break it down like this. You have the legal right, the God-given authority as an overcomer the moment you give your life to Jesus. But because you have a legal right, doesn't mean you experience it. Let me say it again. You have the legal right, the God-given authority from on high, from a different world, you will overcome the world. But why do some people don't experience it? You have the legal right. Let me say it again. You have the legal right. You have the God-given authority to overcome everything. But John in the book of Revelation says, to him who overcomes. So obviously he's saying some people aren't going to overcome. I want you to get this. I really need you to get this. I'm trying to get some people to get on the ship. I'm trying to get some people to get on the boat. I'm trying to get some people to believe they're overcomers, but also to experience the victory we have in Jesus. I need you to experience. See, there's a difference. There's a difference just knowing something and experiencing something. I believe I have authority in this area because I've experienced the overcoming power of God. I walk in authority in this. So when the enemy starts to lie to me, tries to confuse me, tries to trick me, I realize that I have victory in Jesus because I have experienced his victory. I have walked in his victory. I know his victory. I, I want you to just see this real quick. Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Whew. I, John both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. To Ephesus, to Smyrna. Keep going. Next verse. I want to get to the point here. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to the feet and girded about with a chest with about the chest with a golden golden band his head and hair were white like wool 
as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass and as refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth when a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like that, like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. The Holy Spirit began to speak to me yesterday about overcoming, about walking in victory, about experiencing the power of God in your life. See, as a pastor, I want you to experience the power of God in your life. I don't want you to become religious. I don't want you to just go through the motions as a religious act. See, religion comes to church on Sunday, puts in your time, and then goes about and lives the way you want to live. Religion isn't a relationship. And when you have a relationship, you have, you have power and authority attached to relationships. You have relational equity when it's attached to a relationship. See, a lot of people don't see Jesus the right way. See, a lot of us think of Jesus... I wish I could grab a cute little baby from the nursery. A lot of times we see Jesus like that cute little baby Jesus that we talk about at Christmas time. Cute little baby Jesus. I love baby Jesus. I may love baby Jesus. I love baby Jesus. But he's not a baby anymore. He has eyes of fire. When John saw him, he said, when I got in his presence, I fell like a dead man. See, Jesus isn't a cute little baby anymore. He's got fire in his eyes and his hair is like white wool. And I'm here to tell you, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. See, a lot of times you see Jesus the wrong way so you can't believe he can deliver you out of what you're in because you think your circumstances are too great for Jesus. I'm here to tell you he took the sin of the world and had it at the cross. I'm here to tell you that there's victory in that name. I'm here to tell you he's not a cute little baby anymore. He's got fire in his eyes. And he can't handle your problem. One thing I learned this week, I, 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 did a little, I did a little workout with some weights. And, uh, come on, somebody. Coach Dre does a wonderful job at, uh, yeah, just a wonderful gym. And he tried to kill me this week. I was pretty confident, so, you know. Praise God. Amen. I said, look, I'm, I was going to call him up afterwards. I'm still your pastor. You can't try to kill me. Come on, somebody. He had me doing so much workout. I had, I had sweat coming from places I didn't know could sweat. Come on. 
and, and we, did a, we did a workout with weights, and I realized something. See, if you can lift a lot of weight, you can lift a little bit of weight. So if you can bench press 300, you ain't going to have a hard time bench pressing 100 pounds. Follow me. If Jesus could take care of all the sins of the world, your little situation ain't nothing for him. If he can bench press all the sins of the world and take care of them, he can handle your little circumstance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we got to see this. Colossians 2 verse 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumph, triumphing over them in it. Now, I want you to see this. AJ, come here. AJ's such a good sport. Give him a big hand. I want to do a little illustration. I was going to take it a little too far, but my wife talked me out of it. So I want AJ to pretend like he has a gun. Pull it out. It's a pretend gun, your finger gun. All right. Wait, put that down. No. I'm kidding. It's a, it's a finger. All right. <laughs> if AJ has a gun and points it at me and says, I want you to walk over there, I'm going to walk over there. If AJ points his gun at me and says, I want you to go over here, I'm going to go over here. Because he's got the power. This has got the power. So if AJ says, Go down and buy me an In-N-Out burger. I'm going to go buy him an In-N-Out burger. But if I find out there's no bullets in that gun, I might get a little ghetto with AJ. Come on, somebody. So if I realize there's no bullets in this gun... I'm going to get really upset because the power has been taken away from this gun. See, that's what Jesus did to the enemy. He disarmed the enemy. So the, the enemy used to have some power, but Jesus came and disarmed him. I want you to see it again. Jesus took the bullets right out of the gun. He disarmed them and made them a public spectacle. But I want you to catch this. A lot of you are doing what the enemy is telling you to do. You're still bound and confused. But all it is is a lie. See, the enemy has no power, but you're believing a lie. See, all he can do now is deceive you on a lie because the power has been taken from him because Jesus disarmed him so he's got no power so when he tries to point a gun at you you just slap the gun out of his hand and say look you got no power over my life all he has 
all the enemy power is is lying and deceiving he says you're always going to be addicted you're always going to think that way this is just the way you were made this is just something you've been bound with your your mother struggled with your dad struggled with this he just lies and see what you got to realize is i got power through jesus christ what jesus did jesus disarmed you so that i realize now you're just a liar devil he's a liar he's got no power over you and if he tries to bind you he tries to hold you back you have the power through jesus christ to break every chain to break every bondage don't believe the lie he's disarmed there's no bullets in the gun now i would pastor alba come up here real quick i would hate to see if aj pulled a gun on pastor alba I would hate to see if, whoa. Come on. Come up here, coach, real quick. Now, if you pulled a gun on coach here, good luck. Now, coach, give him a couple combos, not, not hard. Uh, but if he pulled a gun on you, what are you going to do if you realize there's no bullets in that gun? Take him down. That's all right. We'll allow that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Don't, don't really take him down. But I want you to understand something. Some of you are being led around by a lie. Some of you are being bound by a lie. Some of you are trapped, confused, in a horrible situation over a lie. And you aren't believing the truth of God's word. And so, to whom, to he who overcomes, I want you to become an overcomer. Now, let's give Coach and Alba and... Romans 8.37 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. John 16.33, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. Revelation 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the, to the death. I just want to say this. Keep that passage of scripture up. This is powerful. This is how we overcome. This is how you experience it. They overcome him by the blood of the lamb. What does that mean? The finished work of the cross. What Jesus did on the cross. Now let me say this. The cross and what Jesus did isn't just a part of history. I know the world will tell you that Jesus' life was just a historical moment through time. I'm here to tell you that the cross has power today. Let me say it again. The cross has power today. Let me say it a little bit. Let me say it a little bit more authority. The cross still has power. It's not just a historical event. The cross is for today. The cross has power. The blood of Jesus still has power.
believe in the power of the cross. I believe in the power of the blood of Jesus. I believe in what he did on that Friday. I'm here to tell you it still has power. It wasn't for 2,000 years ago. It's still for today. It's for today. That blood wasn't for 2,000 years ago. It's for today, too. It was for then and for now. It's got power. When I see that cross, I realize there's power in that old rugged cross. There's power in the blood of Jesus. That symbol of the cross speaks to him of shedding his blood for my sin, for your sin, for the victory we have. Man, the cross has got power. Cross has got power. Say with me, say that cross has got power. Say the blood's got power. The blood has got power. I got victory in Jesus. So it first starts with this understanding what Jesus did. And it's not just so that you could be saved, it's so that you could overcome. A lot of times we just see it as salvation, but it's more than that. That blood paid for my healing. That blood paid for my provision. That blood paid for me to overcome every adversity and circumstance and situation. That blood's got power. Let me say it again. That blood's got power. I'm about ready to bring the devil back up and slap him around. That blood's got power. Poor AJ's got to be the devil. Come back up, AJ. I'm going to slap you around today. Some of you have been listening to the devil long enough. And when he whispers in your ear, when he starts lying to you, you need to tell the devil. Devil, there's power in the blood of Jesus. I'm here to tell you, your house is covered by the blood of Jesus. Your family is covered by the blood of Jesus. Your children are covered by the blood of Jesus. Your lost loved ones, we are covering them with the blood of Jesus. I believe in the power of the blood of Jesus. Victory in Jesus. Then we uh, overcome by the word of their testimony. Don't run off, AJ. (laughs) We got a testimony. See, it's important we get this part right. See, we got to testify what God has done. Because when people begin to hear what God has done, they say, well, if God did it for Pastor Rob, he can do it for me. If he did it for Pastor Alba, he can do it for me. If God delivered you, he can deliver me. If God healed you, he can heal me. If God had a breakthrough with you, he can have a breakthrough. If God saved your son or your daughter, he can save someone else's. See, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We got some testimonies in the church. I'm looking at some people. You got some testimony. God has been gracious and good to you. I look at AJ. He came to church. I remember his wife sitting right where Pastor Bill was. 
she would come every Sunday. And she would come with uh, a couple from the church. And she would come, and she would come, and she'd come. And I never saw AJ. One day, we had parking lot church. I was preaching from the roof. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You know, all the neighbors know us as the, the people next door, this big uh, development. I went over and just looked at some houses just to check it out. And, and the one guy goes, I go, hey, what's next door? Well, I knew it was next door. It was the church. So I asked the guy, what's next door? He goes, oh, that's a church. And he says, they're pretty radical. And he said, during the pandemic, he, the pastor was up on the roof. Him and this woman, he'd speak in English and she'd speak in Spanish. And he said, he said I said, well, that's great. He said, well, you don't even have to leave your house to hear church. Uh, you can hear him all the time. I said, praise God. So AJ came during parking lot church. He had some major addictions. He had a back problem. He had some issues. He pulls into parking lot church. And God, I think Pastor Rob prayed for him. I prayed for him. Some other people prayed for him. God healed his back in a moment just like that. Then God completely delivered him of everything. He's a deliverer. Now AJ's in his second year at Bible school. And I heard he doesn't have an A average, but he's got a B. And that's good enough for me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> But if God can do it for AJ, he can do it for someone in your family. He can do it for a loved one you know. God's not a respecter of persons. If you believe the blood still has power, if you believe the blood still has power, man, I apply that blood to everything. I need the blood of Jesus in my life. And then I love this part. And that you can go now, Jay. Give AJ a big hand. And they did not love their lives to death to the death. Let me explain this. See, a lot of people want they want to serve God part-time, but they want full-time benefits. You want to give God a little something, something, but you expect God to do everything for you. Mm. That hit Front Street. See, you give God a little something, something, but you want him to be your full-time everything. God says, I'm looking for some people that will give me everything. I'm looking for some people that will be sold out for me. I'm looking for some people that aren't going to be some casual Christians. See, I've met a lot of casual Christians. Casual Christians don't get breakthrough. I'm going to say it. Casual Christians don't always get the breakthrough. Who I see gets the breakthrough is people that are hungry and thirsty for breakthrough. 
when they want it so bad, they come on Wednesday night, they come on Sunday, they come every time they can be at church, they're constantly in their word, they're constantly in prayer. See, I've learned something. If you put a little bit of effort in, you get a little bit back. But if you put a lot of work in, if you put a lot of effort in, something happens. When you seek first the kingdom of God, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added. See, this year I'm looking for some, I'm looking for full-time Jesus because I'm putting in full-time work. I'm looking for him to provide, heal, set free, deliver, move by the power of the Holy Ghost. If he tells me to pray, I'm going to pray. If he tells me to do this, I'm going to do that. See, a lot of times we don't even listen to Jesus. We don't put any work in. And then when we get in trouble, God save me. Well, he'll save you. But you need to experience more than just the saving power of God. You need to experience the miracle working, overcoming power of God. See, I put these into three C's, not because I normally do that. But you need the cross, you need confession, and you need commitment. You need the cross, you need confession, and you need commitment. You need the cross, you need confession, and you need commitment. God's looking for some people that are committed. See, I think a shift has happened in the body of Christ. I think for the last 20 years, the church has been very seeker-friendly. I mean that as the church as a whole. We're not trying to offend you. We just want you to come in. And, and maybe you'll get touched. Maybe you'll, you'll grow. Maybe you'll get discipled. Maybe. If we just don't pressure you, we don't say anything wrong, we don't really tell you what the Bible says about this or about that. If we just preach a really watered-down message, maybe something will happen. I don't believe that. I believe you need the power of God. I don't think you need a watered-down message because watered-down message produces watered-down results. So if you want watered-down results, hear a watered-down message. But if you want power, you need the truth. Even if it convicts. Even if it challenges. Even if it isn't what you want to hear. I don't want to hear that because I'm, 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 I'm not doing well in that area. That's what you need to hear. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. But there's a way to overcome sin. There's a way to overcome it. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on. And you got to be committed to overcome. See, if you want victory, there's commitment to victory. Anything worth having, you have to have a commitment to. I've learned that, especially through working out. If I'm not committed, you know what I mean? you got to be committed to go couple times a week. Now, if you really want to get diesel like me, you have to go every day. Come on, somebody.
Come on, don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> if you want results, if you want to see things happen in your life that you've never seen, you need a greater level of commitment. It works with everything else. If you want to succeed at your job, you got to be committed to your job. If you want to be if you want to see yourself look like a, a beach model, you better be committed to working out. If I see you more at the taco truck or more at the gym than at the gym, you're probably not going to look like a beach model. Come on, somebody. And I ain't hating the taco truck. Come on, somebody, because, you know, get victory in Jesus over that taco truck. <laughs> But whatever you commit to, that's where you're going to see the biggest results in your life. And where you should see the biggest results in your life is in the spiritual realm, is in your life and overcoming. See, Jesus has power from another world. That's what the Bible says. Another world. Think about that. Another world. And that power can come into your life right here and right now. And you can overcome everything. Anything. There's power from another world available. But I'm telling you, if you're not committed to the word, if you're not committed to prayer, if you're not committed to Jesus, when the enemy begins to lie to you, you don't know how to fight back. And so you're fighting with no ammunition and your gun. You're fighting with no power and no authority. The word has power. The word has authority. You need to get committed. Everyone stand to your feet. God told me to challenge some people today. This is the year to be committed to the things of God. Have a greater level of commitment. I'm telling you. The days of a seeker-friendly church is over because it didn't produce any results. I've heard countless testimonies from this church, from wives, from mothers, from fathers, from husbands. And they would say things to me like this. We used to go to another church, and little Johnny, he would play games and watch movies, and, you know, he had fun. But when little Johnny came here, when little Johnny came to this church, he had fun and played games and laughed, and, but little Johnny got prayer. Little Johnny started preaching the gospel. Little Johnny got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Little Johnny ain't the same anymore. Little Johnny goes to school and, man, he's telling his teacher about the goodness of God. Little Johnny, I'm so glad, Pastor, that little Johnny and us started coming to this church. I've heard husbands and wives talk to me like that and fathers and mothers. I've heard wives say, my husband has gone to church for years. 
But when he came to this church, I never seen him lift his hands at church. But at this church, he started going to Pastor Rob's men's group. We'd have dinner together, and all of a sudden, he's saying, let's pray for the dinner. At night, we'd go to bed. He said, let's pray before we go to bed at night. He would go to Pastor Rob's men's group, and all of a sudden, he started acting like a man of God. He started coming to this church, and he began to lift his hands and lift his voice. He's reading his Bible before he goes to work. I've heard people say, I've gone to Pastor Alba's group, and I've been challenged to go deeper in God. I was talking to Henry today. His little girl, Madison. How old's Madison, Henry? She's nine. Three weeks ago, she preached a message at Kids Church. She's nine. Henry said before the service, Madison was preaching to the refrigerator. She was preaching to the couch. She was giving prophetic words to the recliner. She was speaking life to the television. Sometimes you got to preach to some things that aren't alive first before you preach to some things that are alive. See, I got to tell someone, this isn't a watered down gospel we preach here and you won't get watered down results. But if you will put the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ and you believe it still has power and Jesus is still first and you begin to testify of the goodness of God in the land of the living, I'm here to tell you, and if you're committed, you will see things you've never seen before. It's not complicated. If you want to overcome, to him who overcomes. If you want to overcome, put the cross first. Put Jesus first. Testify and be committed to God. Right now, every head down, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you need to be saved, you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. You're not saved or you're backslidden. And you want to rededicate your life to Jesus or give your life to Jesus for the first time. You believe Jesus died for your sins. You believe he shed his, his blood for you. I count to three, lift your hand high. Today is the day of salvation. One, I just declare the Holy Spirit is moving in this place. Two, I rebuke the lie of the devil. If you need to rededicate your life or give your life to Jesus for the first time, when I say three, lift your hand. Three, lift your hand. I see those hands. I see them in the back. I see them. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, 
forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and live. I surrender. I give you everything. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose three days later. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give all those wonderful people a big hand clap. Come back, worship team. All right, every hand lifted. Every hand lifted. I want to pray that you be that you become an overcomer. I want to pray that this year is not a year that you're bound, trapped, or defeated. That this year you overcome the enemy. This year you walk in victory. This year, this is the year. Every hand lifted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I cover you with the blood of Jesus. I declare the blood of Jesus still has power and authority. I believe the, the blood, that precious blood, that precious blood of Jesus can save your soul, can heal your body, can deliver you, can let you walk in the victory you need. I declare that you're going to walk with Jesus, that you're going to talk with Jesus, that you're going to see Jesus a little different this year. He's not going to be the baby Jesus anymore. He's going to be the Jesus with fire in his eyes. And when you look at your problem, when you look at your situation, when you look at that thing that's holding you back, you realize it's nothing for Jesus. Give it to Jesus. I declare victory. I declare freedom. I declare liberty. I declare a new level of commitment over your life. I declare if you haven't been tithing, you'll start to tithe. If you haven't been given offering, you'll start to give offering. I believe that you'll start studying in the morning and in the evening. I believe you'll put the word of God first. I believe you're going to put prayer as a priority. I believe you're going to lay down some things that were holding you back and pick up the things God has for you. I pray for a new level of commitment. I pray for testimonies to come from this house. Testimonies of the goodness of God. The breakthrough power of God. And I declare it in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, ushers, make your way down real quick. In a moment, we're going to receive this morning's tithes and, and offering. And as has been mentioned, is, you know, this coming weekend is, a, is an incredible weekend as we're going to have a more service this Saturday night right here. In this tabernacle, this isn't a service where we just come in and just decide or, or we're just going to sit around. This is a, a service where we press in for more and we ask God to send the rain and we invite the kids in so they can be saturated in an environment where the fullness of the glory of God will settle in this place and we'll see more of God's presence and more of God's power. And so put that down on your calendar. Amen. You know, Pastor mentioned about uh, what we'll be doing about our celebration, and 
about our, 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 our members and everything. And if you've never been through Growth Track, right after this service in the upper classroom, this is where you get to discover your purpose and how you can use your God-given talents to serve a greater cause and help us build the kingdom as this year we've determined to be kingdom builders in 2022. And as we have seen God do so many things last year and we're believing for even more this year, would you be a part of that? Would you become a member of this amazing church and see what God will do? So meet us in the upper classroom right after this service this morning and being a tither is something that I have seen over the last several years of my life what God can do when we surrender everything to him one of the last places that I had to surrender in my life and this was even while I was doing ministry the last place that I had to surrender was my my bank account I said God I surrendered everything and he said you haven't surrendered your bank account yet I said, I, God, I don't have enough to give. I, I never have enough to give. And I decided many years ago that I would not give God my least. I wanted to give God my best. And I didn't want to give God my last. I wanted to give God my first. And when I began to give God my first and when I began to give God my best, the overflow started coming into my life like never before. And that scripture verse where it said, if you'll be faithful with the little, God will give you more. That became more and more evident in my life. But I wanted to live more than a life of sacrifice. I wanted to live a life of generosity. And this is what it says. In Proverbs chapter 11, generosity brings prosperity, but withholding from charity will bring poverty. And this is the verse that really began to come alive in my life. It was in verse 25. It said, those who live to bless others... We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. This is a church that blesses, amen? They will have blessings heaped upon them. I want blessings heaped upon my life. But first, I have to live a life of generosity. And like Pastor said this morning, a life of consistency and a life of commitment. And so I had to surrender and commit that last part of my life to God. God, I surrender everything, including my checkbook, including my wallet, including my bank account. It all belongs to you. And it starts in the house of God when we are faithful to tithe and give offering. Amen. So this morning, I want to challenge you as we are kingdom building in 2022. This morning, maybe you haven't tithed yet. This should be the first day that you say, God, I'm going to sow in to the ground into this good soil and I'm going to be a faithful tither and I'm going to see what you're going to do in my life and those connected to me. Amen. Come on, would you help me bless this tithe right now? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are the first example of generosity as you gave us your son and then Jesus you also gave us a stunning example of what a life of generosity looks like when you withheld nothing not even a drop of blood you bled it all on the cross for each and every one of us and because of what you've done God I'm compelled to do that for other people so this morning God I sow in gladness because I know you went to the cross for me and everybody else, God. And so I sow so that the kingdom of God can be expanded and more could hear and see that the blood of Jesus still has power today. And so we tithe and we bless.
bless this tithe in your holy name. And we bless those that give this morning. It's in your precious and mighty name we say amen. Come on, can somebody say amen this morning? Hey, are you grateful for the blood of Jesus Christ that still has power this morning? Well, as always, as as you get ready to go out this morning, we want to invite you. The altars are open. If you need a fresh touch from God, we'll have pastors here to pray with you and to pray for you. If you just want to worship a bit longer, our worship team will be here. But don't forget to help us take back Sunday night. As Pastor has said, if you need a fresh anointing, he's going to stay. He's going to take some time and pray for each and everybody that needs it tonight. But if you need something right now, we're here for you. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you tonight.